Well, the weather has been a darn sight better in the northwest today. Not so windy, not so rainy. That's nice. How has your Tuesday been? Thanks for joining me today. I've got two very interesting guests lined up for you between now and 7 o'clock. It is uh, Tuesday's programme, the 22nd of February 2022. Uncensored. Unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show. Hang on a second. Is that a bit scary? 220222. Is it? Is it? Or is it just me? Hey? With a false flag, maybe? It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. This hour, I will be joined once again by Mariam Henain. What a great lady. Brilliant investigative journalist and documentary filmmaker. Remember the last time Mariam was on the program? It was early November last year and she talked about how she was at, right in the middle of the so-called insurrection at the Capitol. Remember that, great lady. Now, she's Canadian, is Mariam. She'll be with me this hour to talk about the convoy, the Freedom Convoy, the fallout from that, the, the Emergencies Act, freezing the accounts of citizens just because they wanted to support the truckers and all of that tyranny. Mariam Henain will be with me. And in the second hour, we're off to Spain, the founder of the Pure Energy Healing Academy, the healer of hearts himself, the author, the great Mark Boyersky. I can't wait to catch up with Mark, it's been a while. He's on in the second hour. You can join in through the website richieallen.co.uk, but then I think you know that. Comment live during the programme, and I'll read out those comments as we go along. Indeedy. Yeah, it's nice it's a bit better today outside. Not getting soaked into skin with dogs. Did you see this today, did you? A study has found that the jabbed, those who willingly, or maybe not so willingly, maybe they were coerced into rolling up their sleeves and and, and allowing themselves to be pricked, and they don't like us very much, apparently. A Danish study, a Danish team of scientists found out the jabbed don't like those of us who said, get that shit away from me. Of course, we didn't really say that. That would imply that we had gone to the jabatoirs. We didn't say that at all. We didn't go anywhere near them, did we? You and me, anyway. So the the study said they don't like us, but also um, it found that we don't really care too much about the fact they had the jab. We take a more, a more, not holistic approach to it, we take a more rounded, mature approach to the jabbed. So the scientists looked at 10,000 people in 21 countries and they found that um, society is splintering because of the pandemic. The unjabbed, that's you and me, we are now joining other previously maligned minorities. <laughs> we're a vulnerable group, dear listener. Not just because we're vulnerable to the COVID, because we were too stupid to have the jabs, because we were too conspiracy theoried up the wazoo. No, we're vulnerable because society is going to turn on us, is what it's going to do. Anyway, there was a part of the the the, the 
the conclusion. There was a paragraph in the conclusion that, as a football fan, made me laugh. But but then it made me it made me think. Um, respondents were asked how happy they would be for a close relative to marry that person. So they asked the respondents to the survey. These are jabbed people now. They asked them, how happy would you be for your close relative to marry an unjabbed person? And would you be more or less happy for that relative to marry a Middle Eastern immigrant? (laughs) Among other minorities. And amazingly, the jabbed would much prefer, two and a half times more likely to say, well, I'd prefer my my relative to get married to a to a Middle Eastern immigrant than I would to get married to the unjabbed. And that made me laugh as a football fan because I've been going to watch live football for years, Manchester United, Salford, and fans around these parts, they sometimes sing a very crude and possibly racist I say possibly, it's not up to me to decide, song, when they are playing Liverpool or Everton, and the song goes, I'd rather, if you've got children, maybe this isn't the best time for them to be listening, or maybe it is, um, the song goes, if you're Man United, if you're Man City, or Salford, maybe, or even Bolton, if you're Blackburn Rovers, you might sing, I'd rather shag a packy than a scouse. You see why I laugh now? It brought me right back. I'd rather my relative got married to a Middle Eastern immigrant than get married to an unjabbed person. It just made me laugh. So, as far as football fans go, maybe vaccinated, at least vaccinated football fans, they will now add the unjabbed to the list of groups of people who are less shaggable than Pakistanis. Made me laugh. Brought me back too. I remember many years ago, a Pakistani friend of mine. I'm not in touch with him these days, but he was a lovely bloke. We got on very well. I gave his family tickets to go and see Manchester United at Old Trafford, and I was there. They were playing Fenerbahce in the Champions League. It was Wayne Rooney's derby. And the United fans were going through their repertoire of offensive songs because United were winning 4 or 5 nil at the time. They got six in the end, if I remember. And this, I was with a group of Pakistani people. And one of the younger lads, a guy called Bill Al, started singing this song, I'd rather shag a Paki than a Scouse. <laughs> Which made me laugh pretty hard. And these days, of course, he'd be chucked out of the ground. Irony is dead, you see. You can't have a laugh, even at yourself. No, no, no room for self-deprecating humour these days, not just at, at football venues, but, but in society. And that's very scary. I was thinking about that today. I've always avoided talking about football on this programme because it isn't a sports programme. But I began to think today about some of the things that are happening. You know, I was reading in one of the newspapers last week about Spurs, that's Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, pleading with their own supporters, some of whom are Jewish people, now, Spurs don't have as many Jewish fans as they used to have. A lot of Jewish people settled in the late 19th century and the early 20th century. A lot of Jewish people, if you know your history, you'll know a lot of them settled in Tottenham. They were fleeing Russia. 
the pogroms, right? And they established themselves in, in North London and a lot of them got involved in football and became Spurs supporters. And over the years, there was a guy called Irving Scholar. Of course, he had Alan Sugar as well, Jewish owners of, of Spurs. So Spurs kind of became known as a, as a Jewish football club, even though that wasn't really true. But they had Jewish fans. Not the only London club to have Jewish fans, but Spurs were kind of identified with, with, uh, with Jews. And lately, Spurs fans have been, they've been pleaded, the club has pleaded with them, not for the first time, to stop using the term Yiddo. They've, they've said to Spurs fans, stop using it or we'll throw you out. Now, the Spurs fans who use the term Yiddo are Jewish fans. And again, they use it in a very self-deprecating, take the piss kind of a way. They sing a song about themselves, which goes, He's only a poor little yiddo. He lives at the back of the shelf. He goes to the bar to buy a larger and only gets one for himself because he's a mean Jew, is the stereotype. They want to ban sports fans, Jewish sports fans, for life, for singing that song and laughing at it. You might think this is trivial stuff. It isn't trivial stuff. It's dangerous stuff, isn't it? Imagine telling a minority group, you can't use songs that were sung about your culture. You can't sing them for the laugh or or we'll ban you. It's mad stuff. People getting lifetime banning orders. I remember back in late 2013, I can't remember. It was the winter of 2013, 2014. Either just before or just after Christmas, I would wager... January 2014. David Icke said to me, um, do you want to go and see Germany against England at Wembley? Now, we were living next door to Wembley Stadium. No exaggeration, right next door to the stadium. It was a five-minute walk to the ground. Honestly. And uh, I said, yeah, sure, go on. Go on, we'll go to the game. There were some tickets available. So down we went, David, myself, and his two sons, Gareth and Jamie. Now, they'd seen quite a bit more live football than we had. I'd spent some years in Spain, quite a few years in Spain, and hadn't seen much football at all. But the lads had been going to Derby. But we hadn't been going, David and myself. Anyway, we're in the stadium, and immediately we are very much aware, David and myself, of announcements being broadcast over the Tannoy system, or the loudspeaker system, urging us to report any incidences of, any incidents, I should say, of racism that we observe. And they gave a text message number, a number, a five-digit number, like 72635. Text 72635. Report racism. Speak out. And basically, they wanted people in the stadium to rat on the people next to them if they felt they were saying something offensive. And David Icke and myself were musing about this. Obviously the absolute Orwellian nature of this madness, right? But also, if you were to text and say, "Uh, I'm the big baldy guy in row 17 seat B. There's a guy just in front of me. He's wearing a suit and he's got a yellow tie and he's a bit of a racist. What would happen? Well, what would happen is he would be taken out of the ground. I would be believed. We, we looked into this later on. We spoke to a number of security firms and they confirmed 
that yes, the chap who you have identified as being a racist would be escorted from the stadium by the stewards and probably arrested. <laughs> Based on your word, because you texted your sneaky text. And I got thinking this morning about how people were ratting on one another 18 months ago, twitching their curtains and looking at their neighbours having garden parties and then ringing the police to, to, to tell on them. All this stuff is crazy, isn't it? Isn't it? Chelsea Rent Boys is another one. People sing Chelsea Rent Boys. I, I've asked, I've genuinely asked gay people. I have asked gay people. Are you mortified? Are you offended? Are you wounded in any way when thousands of football fans sing at Chelsea football fans, Chelsea Rent Boys? That's all they sing. Chelsea Rent Boys, Chelsea Rent Boys. Chelsea rent boys. Football fans are not known for their creativity when it comes to writing. Although there are some very witty football songs. And people are getting lifetime banning orders for saying Chelsea rent boys. Chelsea rent boys. Mad, eh? It's going on. To this day it's going on. Yeah. Wow. I was thinking about that today. But that's just me. I think about silly things. 13 minutes past the hour. The Russian President Vladimir Putin has ordered troops into two rebel-held regions in eastern Ukraine. You'll be very much aware of this today. It's, uh, this happened overnight. Russia has said today the troops haven't yet been deployed, but they will be peacekeeping in the regions. So Russia has backed the separatist regions uh, since 2014. Needless to say, the United States uh, says this is nonsense and that Russia is creating a pretext for war. The UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson took to Westminster today to announce sanctions against five Russian banks and three billionaires. And you can hear just a little bit of what Johnson told at the House of Commons today. Here he is, Boris Johnson, in the Commons. The House should be in no doubt that the deployment of these forces in sovereign Ukrainian territory amounts to a renewed invasion of that country. And by denying Ukraine's legitimacy as a state and presenting its very existence as a mortal threat to Russia, Putin is establishing the pretext for a full-scale offensive. I think honourable members will struggle to understand how in the, or to contemplate how in the year 2022, a national leader might calmly and deliberately plot the destruction of a peaceful neighbour. And yet the evidence in his, of his own words suggests that is exactly what President Putin is doing. When I said on Saturday that his scheme to subvert and invade Ukraine was already in motion before our eyes, the events of the last 24 hours have sadly shown this to be true. We must now brace ourselves for the next possible stages of Putin's plan. The violent subversion of areas of eastern Ukraine by Russian operatives and their hirelings, followed by a general offensive by the nearly 200,000 Russian troops gathered on the frontiers at peak readiness to attack. If the worst happens, then a European nation of 44 million men, women and children would become the target of a full-scale war of aggression, waged without a shred of justification for the absurd and even mystical reasons that Putin described last night. 
Unless the situation changes, the best efforts of the United States, of this country, France, Germany and other allies to avoid conflict through patient diplomacy may be in vain. Now I'll tell you what, let's forget about Keir Starmer, the leader of the Labour Party. No opposition from him whatsoever. He told Johnson that his party was fully behind the government. So forget that, right? Johnson then took questions and comments from MPs for about 90 minutes. Here's a couple of choice cuts. Former Prime Minister Theresa May. Theresa May. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Can I welcome my right honourable friend's statement and also welcome the UK's unwavering support for Ukrainian sovereignty at this gravest of times, which shows we can never take our eyes off Russia. But does my right honourable friend share my concern that while the focus today is rightly on protecting Ukrainian independence and territorial integrity, what lies behind this is a wider worldwide trend of authoritarian states trying to impose their way of thinking on others. Yeah, like on citizens, like on their own citizens, like locking them down, ruining their businesses, screwing up the the mental health of of their children. Authoritarian regimes who believe they can force people into taking medicines they neither want nor need. Is that what you mean, Theresa? And that the battle in which we must now engage is nothing more nor less than the defence of democracy itself. Shut up, you tart. Theresa May. This takes the biscuit, though. Toxic Tory Tom Tugentact, former military officer, real arsehole. Uh, If the State of Israel controls politicians in Western so-called democracies, there's no more controlled politician than Tom Tugentact. Now, notice I didn't say the state of Israel controls all politicians because, of course, it doesn't. does not. Um, but this guy, this guy takes the cake. He's no friend of Boris Johnson's. He had this to say, Tom Tugendhat. Can, can I just say, I'm expecting to run this to around two o'clock, so 12 each other. Yeah, I should have edited that, shouldn't I? I've been really busy today. This is Lindsay Hyle. It's only a couple of seconds. Short questions and certainly pithy answers would certainly be helpful. Tom Tugendhat. Tom Tugendhat. Thank you, Mr Speaker. May I welcome my right honourable friend's statement today and indeed the actions of he and his government over these recent weeks. Uh, may I pay particular tribute to the Defence Secretary whose unfailing efforts in preparing not just the people of Ukraine but our allies in NATO for this aggression has been exemplary. He's speaking about Ben Wallace, the Defence Secretary. May I ask, as we are talking about sanctions today and rightly so, whether my honourable friend, right honourable friend, will also commit to a Foreign Agents Registration Act. We have seen the action of the insidious work of the United Front for China and indeed of different outfits for Russia. This is really ironic. Tom Tugendhat asking for a Foreign Agents Registration Act. This guy is a, an Israeli puppet, this guy. He, he really is. So it's incredibly ironic for him to be asking, let's register people, foreign association, people with ties to, to governments. To undermine our democracy and threaten our way of life. Wait till you hear what he says now. This is pure comedy. I should have isolated this. Listen. Would he please bring in that act? And while he is doing it, would he finance much more the Russian service of the BBC? So that- would you finance the Russian service of the BBC... Why? Why? Would he finance 
much more the Russian service of the BBC so that the Russian people can hear the truth and not the lies that are being spread. <laughs> what kind of fuckery are you? <laughs> Would you finance the Russian, the Russian BBC service so that the, the Russians can get the truth about what's really going on? I tell you what, dear listener, do you know what? They should give an Oscar. Forget, forget Belfast, Kenneth Branagh. Give the Oscar for, for, for best male lead to Tom Tugendhat. Much more the Russian service of the BBC so that the Russian people can hear the truth and not the lies that are being spread <laughs> by their own government. Yes! Will you give a few Bob Boris to the Russian arm of the BBC so that they can spread truth to the Russians? Let me tell you this, and I'll tell you this very quickly. It ain't conjecture. I wanted to spend a lot more time on this, but I don't have time today. Uh, back in 2014, the United States removed the Ukrainian president, Viktor Yanukovych, forcibly removed uh, by a US coup. None of this is my opinion. This is an absolute fact. He was removed by a coup. And uh, a group called Svoboda which is a political party in Ukraine, but really it's a bunch of Nazi thugs, um, was given an enormous amount of money to destabilise the country and to organise the Maiden or Maidan demonstrations. Do you remember those? Remember the media here covering these demonstrations and saying that Ukraine, Ukrainians wanted freedom, Ukrainians wanted to take control of their own destiny. This is an uprising, this is a revolution, just like the Arab Spring. Remember all those lies and millions of pounds were being funded, or what was being funneled into Ukraine to Svoboda and other actors, dark actors to bring down the government there. The democratically elected President Viktor Yanukovych, remember? Because the US, for years, had wanted to put a puppet regime in Kiev right on the doorstep of Russia. For years, the US wanted to do it. Eh? Right? You remember this? So, of course, this regime, changed by the United States, kicked off the skirmishes in the east of Ukraine between the Russian-backed separatists and the Ukrainian army that was being basically run by the, the, the United States, run by the Pentagon. And that's killed thousands of people. That never ended. And it displaced millions of people in that region. You know this, right? Remember the, the leaked phone taps of Victoria Newland, who was uh, working for the US government, the, the Eurasian Secretary of State, or something like that. She was there on behalf of Obama. She oversaw the coup. Back in early 2014, there was a phone conversation released between her... Newland and Jeff Pyatt, the American ambassador in Ukraine, where they discussed openly in the phone call who they were going to put in the seat of power in Kiev. Yats is your guy. Remember that? Yatsenyuk, he's the guy. This is not conjecture, this is fact. This is a fact. What happened in 2014 was a US coup. And it's out there for anybody who wants to read about it. Not a word of it. Not a word of it on television or radio here in the UK or Ireland or anywhere else. Unbelievable. Skip forward to the end of February 2014. Uh, the EU foreign minister at the time was a woman called Catherine Ashton. And she is overheard on the telephone speaking with one of her people in Ukraine. Uh, and also speaking to 
the Estonian foreign minister at the time, a guy called Ormas Pate. And she asked him, was it a coup? The EU woman, he said it was a coup. Of course it was a coup. Google was involved in the coup. Eric Schmidt of Google and Jared Cohen, who used to work for Google, but then worked for Hillary Clinton. All of these people worked to overthrow Yanukovych in Ukraine and then Assad in Syria. They failed with Assad. That's what this is really all about. And I don't have any time for Vladimir Putin. Or any government or any leader. Putin is a gangster. I've spoken about him for many years on my programme. It's a different face of the agenda. Ultimately, it's complicated, but I'll simplify it like that, in my opinion. Putin represents another side of the agenda. But in terms of what happened in Ukraine, and what happened in Ukraine yesterday, the truth of it, this goes way, way, way back, but the significant recent events were the overthrow of Yanukovych by the United States and her allies in 2014, using thugs, spending $20 million a week at one time. And of course, when they got rid of Yanukovych, they sent in John Kerry, didn't they? With 20... uh, what did, what did he bring in? Billions. I can't remember exactly how much it was. Was it $2 billion in aid he brought into Ukraine at the time? Billions. Billions. That's what went on in Ukraine in 2014. That's why the situation we're witnessing uh, today uh, has come, that's come about, has come to be. And I'll leave that there. It's 25 minutes past the hour. It's time for a tune. And when we come back from this, it'll be Mariam Henain live on the Richie Allen Show. Wednesday, no, not even Wednesday, Tuesday's programme, the 22nd of February 2022. The Clash and Rudy can't fail on the Richie Allen Show, 28 minutes past the hour. Good to be with you. Welcome back to the programme. Mark Bayerski joins me at just after the top of the hour, live from Spain. Can't wait to chat with him. Delighted to welcome back to the programme my first guest today, a terrific investigative journalist and filmmaker, great documentary filmmaker. Last time she was on, as I said at the top of the programme, she talked about being right in the middle of the so-called insurrection out of the capital and explained to us very, very well why she believed at the time it was a staged event using crisis actors. A brilliant conversation that. It's lovely to welcome her back to the programme today. We're going to talk a little bit about the Freedom Convoy and the fallout from that, what has been achieved, what's going on. Let's welcome back the one and only Mariam Henain. Welcome back, Mariam. How are you? Happy New Year to you. A little bit late. Be thank you for having me on, Richie. Fantastic. Thanks for coming on today. It was about time, in fact, I was thinking, November, we must get Marianne back on. And uh, you came on late, late notice today, so, so I do really appreciate that. I saw a very disturbing video today on, on Twitter of a woman attempting to order a cup of coffee in downtown Ottawa. And she's approached by what I can only describe as thugs in Kevlar vests and futuristic uniforms, Robocop people. These are like genuine uh, Ottawa cops. Um, and, and basically threaten her that if she doesn't basically, you, you know, go away, th- that she'll be arrested. At one stage, uh, one of the cops gets right in her face and grabs her camera, kind of shouting at her. Uh, dreadful stuff, this. And, and you know, a, a week or so ago, I'd begun to be a bit more optimistic about what was going on 
uh, around the convoy because some yeah. video, some videos came out, didn't they, of of the protesters speaking with the police, um, exchanging handshakes yes. and hugs and, and singing the national anthem. Things have gone downhill since then. What's happening? And of course, as a Canadian woman yourself, you've got a lot yes. invested in this. What's happening? Yes, so there has been so much disinfo, so many contradicting bits of information. Just to share with your audience, I am originally from Montreal, Canada. My mom lives in Ottawa. She is vaccine injured and uh, ultimately defending her overlords because she listens to the TV and was uh, saying that the, the truckers are crapping in the streets which no. I told her, you know, what they're crapping on our freedoms and preventing people from going to people with Corona, preventing them from going to the hospital because of all the traffic. And also said that, oh, they toppled the Terry Fox statue, which is a lie. And it was very positive. I, I have my friend that I do a show with, Beyond Mystic, who has been on the front lines. I've been following Viva Fry for about two years and he's been on the ground. He was recently at a Project Veritas event that I was attending as well. And now the Emergencies Act, they want to make it permanent, which makes me wonder if this was a plan all along. And they're, like you said, Gestapo, their United Nations apparently um, they've asked for the United Nations to, to help. These are not necessarily all from Canada, these robocops. And they've seized money, uh, innocent people. And, and now they have license to, to seize money if they see fit. So what is the future of this when it has been a very peaceful protest? These truckers... My friend was there interviewing several of them, very eloquent, very awake as to the truth. So where where do we go from here? Is Are they going to swap out Trudeau and put in this um, World Economic Forum loyalist as well, Christia Freeland? Let, let's not free land. What a, what a joke. Ironic. What a joke. That's interesting that. Can we stay with a couple of things? Yes. Excellent that you, 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 you're considering this. We've seen this over the years. Genuine people come out uh, because they've had enough and they won't stand for it and they're going to do as much as they can to yeah. oppose it. And you and I both know often the, there are people who are prepared for that. They're ready for that. So the state understands it might happen. And agent, or you can probably say it better than me, agent, agent provocateurs, Send people in there, not genuine protesters at all, but uh, actors or, or, or crisis actors or, or dark actors to muddy the waters a bit and uh, to confuse it a little bit. Do you think some of that has gone on? Do you think that while there were genuine, obviously genuine people there, I mean, you can see mm -hmm. these people, you know, salt of the earth, working class people like, like myself. Do you think that, you know, th th there was infiltration going on there in the last few weeks? I do believe that. I, I think that there is infiltration and then people who are genuinely there, peaceful, are 
then become part of this narrative, they have they have ruined the truth. They have there's so much there's so much opposing information coming out, but the people on the ground who remain that it is that has been peaceful. This is not insurrectionists. These are not racists. Um, these are people who want freedom. God bless them in the freezing cold on top of that yeah. to stand for us, uh, for all of us, and to create ripples. And that is perhaps why they have laxed on the mandates in America. Um, Walensky outright said, we're, we're bringing back the the mandates or we're softening on the mandates so we can bring them back in the future. We've seen right. this two steps forward, three steps back. We know this, the playbook by now, where is this going? Where is this going? Is it, I'm entertaining the possibility, Richie, that they will say, Oh, we need you Americans. Uh, the truckers from America will get involved. The government or the, the military will get involved. Will this then create um, a North North America where there's a fusion between Canada and the U.S. and then we're one step closer to a new world order. How do you see the the future of this? And, and now that they've made it illegal to peacefully protest, but the thing that just on that point, yeah. when 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 a gov when a governor of 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 any type, whether it's a prime minister or a president. When they can freeze the bank accounts of yeah. of you know ordinary men and women and freeze them and say to them, "You're being punished now because you gave money to somebody to get food or to heat their truck or whatever we've deemed those people to be enemies of the state, therefore we will yeah. freeze your bank accounts uh, how that hasn't yeah. galvanized more support in Canada and in North America is beyond me. That is tyranny on steroids, that. That's the thing that gets me. What will yeah. it take for the governments to do before the great majority of people say, oh my God, this is tyranny. They can't do that. They can't free somebody's bank account. They can't stop them spending money or accessing money just because they support some, you know, some, some anti-mandate protesters. But yet he's doing it. I don't know where it's going. I think you made a great point a moment ago. You said that there seems to be some kind of cessation in this agenda at the moment. It's almost yes. like a, kind of a, a breather, as we would say over here. Yes, and, yes. And, and, and I don't trust it. <laughs> you know, I don't trust no. it either. I, they, you know, they denied bail for Tamara Litch, the the one of the organizers, uh, for instance. And this, I think this is this is a breather, but it is also a great honking in that people are waking up. There are people who have been vaccinated who are waking up because this is not about if you want to do whatever you want to do to your body, that's fine. We are against the mandates. We are against enslavement. I don't know why. I think people need to be deprogrammed. I mean, I sat with my mother for an hour. She's in denial that she's even injured. But then after an hour, she she comes forth. She doesn't want to have the booster. So I say, you know, two jabs and a respiratory illness later. Now you don't want to have a booster. Whatever it takes. Unfortunately, humans learn through um, physical duress and illness and 
if people want to live in this enslavement, um, I, I don't know how there are not more people who are waking up. Is it because they haven't trashed their TV? Um, it, I, I don't understand. But what is we have to kind of kibosh and, and play a, a few steps ahead and assume that perhaps this was part of a of a plan. Because, look, they've now made the Emergencies Act permanent. This is lunacy. Making the Emergencies Act permanent, yeah. Declaring that you now have the power to, to, to suspend somebody's right to live if you don't like what they think, if you don't like what it is they say. And it's happening. This is the thing, it's happening. These are the things we talked about on programmes mm-hmm. like this for many years. And, and I have to be honest, I probably thought, no, I didn't. Subconsciously, maybe I, I never saw this coming, maybe. We talked about it over the years, people like you, people like me, uh, the people yeah. I've had on this programme. But on some subconscious level, I was probably comforting myself, thinking, well, if this does happen, I'll be dead. It'll be 30, 40, 50 years down the road. It'll be for somebody else to deal with. And here we are now, I'm 47 years old, and I yeah. don't trust it. Boris Johnson says, we're, we're, we're removing all the legal restrictions. We're learning to live with COVID. We can't be right. impinging on people's freedoms. But I know he is lying through his teeth. Because something else is coming this year, I think. Well, you know, what is it? Are we, you know, for instance, I spy on Lester Holt of the, of NBC Nightly News. And last week was the first time in two years that they weren't talking about the virus or the vaccine. They took a break. Are we switching now to a civil war with the United States and America, are we switching to an actual war um, involving Ukraine and Russia and um, United States? We feel that something is 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 coming. Today is 2-22-2022. For those in the spiritual community, that this is an ausp- auspicious day, and we feel many of us that something is brewing. Um, where do we go from here? Are they going to give us a reprieve? And then now they've normalized this annual uh, booster or vaccine. This is training because they've done this before with Zika. They've done this before with with HIV, AIDS. Uh, This is an amplification where people have lost their minds. And the fact that this is a a, a virus with a 99.7 recovery rate. There's also a transhumanist agenda going on uh, with the the 5G. I don't know what it's like where you are, but supposedly they amplified um, the signals. They had to close down certain airports around the 19th of January. And many of us who are following this transhumanist agenda see the links between the the 5G, between the graphene oxide. And um, for instance, I'm doing a story on uh, Neuralink and the fact that the 15th monkey has died, but yet they are still moving forward towards testing on humans. They say that it's to cure paralysis, but Elon Musk has also talked about this symbiosis between AI and the neural lace, and so has Klaus Schwab, so has Charles Lieber, who is the nanotech king, 
who have also been following. So lots of things. We have to remember this is an incremental game. Uh, game. We are like frogs and we, we may not have the vision to see 10 years into the future, but they are moving in lockstep towards a 10-year plan. That's what Agenda 2021-2030 is all about. So people are, you know, involved or, or uh, preoccupied with putting food on their table and just surviving. They're not. I mean, look at how time is is. There's a quickening going on. This is a good. GM. This I'm is a good point. This point yeah. you're making about the the cost of living is skyrocketing. I know it's the same everywhere around the world. People are finding that their their salaries are not going as far as they went two months ago. This is terrifying. It's stressful. This is another excellent point you're making. Because when you're in that dynamic, worried about, can I pay the gas next month because the gas bills are going up? It's very difficult then to to take on this fight that you're talking about. As the world is being turned upside down by these lunatics, by these fascists, by these Nazis, it's it's difficult to even reach people. You know, it's yeah. going to become more difficult for people like us to reach people because they'll have so many problems, you know, feeding themselves, clothing themselves, yes. heating their houses. Yeah, absolutely bang on. And it's all interesting what you said about the, the neural link, this um, brain <sighs> interface thing. I, I, I hadn't heard that bit of information you dropped there. Um, they're, they're using chimps, are they, to... To to uh, to work with with this brain chip and they're dying. The Mackay Mackay monkeys and they're dying, are they? Unsurprisingly, yes. The fifteenth monkey has died. Neuralink is a private company, so they were working with UC Davis and um, PCRM a Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine acquired filed a a, a public request. Um, to get the records, they got veterinary records. And then Neuralink went into UC Davis because they had video of these monkeys being ostensibly tortured. They copied all the video and then they deleted it. And now they're operating without any, um, I mean, free freely because they're, it's a private company. No oversight. No oversight. They've asked USDA to do an investigation, but we know these groups, USDA, FDA, EPA, are all colluding with big industry and um, they're moving forward. They've meaning to, to test on, on humans. Yeah. They are looking for a clinical director. They are looking for engineers to accelerate their algorithms and it's being sold as you need this neural lace because now the AI are in charge. I don't know if you know, you're familiar with Dr. Yuval Harari, but he has said the days of free freedom of choice are over. We are now hackable animals. Actually says humans are hackable animals. And and he he's I I didn't hear of this gentleman. No, maybe he's not a gentleman. So thanks for intru- <laughs> thanks for introducing me to uh, to his um, comments because those are interesting. By hackable, does he mean because right now, um, everyone, not everyone, but but such a great proportion of society is online for most of the day. Is that what he means? Because we're online constantly, we are eminently hackable, right? 
Well, what it also means, you know, prior to this techno-fascism, we have companies like Google buying Fitbit, buying yeah. data. Data is the most prized asset, more more so than oil. So this guy, Dr. Harari, who was on 60 Minutes about two and a half months ago now, says in the future, we will tell someone whether, let's say, they're gay. Uh, you will be able, you know, we'll say you're about to get the Rona, the coronavirus or whatever virus, and they will be able to hack um, our, hack our emotions, hack, hack everything. We are becoming hackable animals. Yeah. Right. Especially if we've been genetically modified with whatever the hell is is being injected into people because a whole a whole array of different things. Some people are getting saline. It's a mixture. And don't forget. Well, I don't have to tell you this. Yeah. You and I know there's that geoengineering is a real thing. There, yes. there will be people listening to this. They will laugh. Some of my oldest friends, they say, oh, chemtrails, Richie, you're you're full of crap. And I tell them, no, no, I'm not full of crap. I've spoken to, to people, you know, I've seen it up close. I've spoken to people who've done great work over the years analysing soil samples around areas where this goes on. Who knows what's in that stuff? It might not just be barium, al al aluminium or aluminium, as you say over there, you Philistine, <laughs> uh, or, or, or strontium. It's, it's dust, isn't it? It's, it? It could be dust. It could be nanoparticles. It could right. be anything. Self-assembling things. Now, look, it, right. I, I, I could be wrong. It, I might be talking nonsense. Uh, Spiro has been in touch with us, our uh, uh, friend Spiro Skouras, and he says, yes. Richie, if you think freezing bank accounts is bad, wait yeah. until every aspect of your life is connected to your digital ID, also known as your vaccine passport. And he's absolutely right. Absolutely uh, right. I mean, I personally have woken up and had my bank account closed. And after all the censorship I personally have experienced, I am looking over my shoulder. I have um, PTSD from from being from being cancelled for an array of BS reasons. And I would say the Bitcoin is moving us forward, this social credit system where they can punish you if you are not in lockstep with their mission. I mean, I bought a ticket leaving Chinafornia the day I became a second class citizen when I'm not even able, despite a doctor's note, to do yoga or to exercise or to go into a restaurant and sit down. Because I they mean, wanted you to show, they, they wanted you to demonstrate that you'd been jabbed. They yes, and a yeah. doctor's note wasn't good enough. Absolutely crazy. And that censorship I can endorse yeah. what, what Mariam is saying there. She's been harassed for years, you know, yes. accounts with with tens of thousands of followers, hundreds of thousands of followers. Yes. And it's not about the followers. I know you've not got an ego. It's not about that. No. But um, but they've been doing it for years. Mariam directed an amazing film. Um, she was centrally involved in uh, The Vanishing of the Bees. Uh, it's a wonderful film. It's as prescient now as it was when it came out. We might have a couple of minutes um, yes. to talk about that in a moment and, and news about bees in, in this country. All of these things, you know, again, we're back to this thing. What would it take? I mean, I mean my, my, my great friend, Jean Ann Crowley, who's listening to this yeah. in the west of Ireland, she's convinced that maybe the next big thing 
is the financial crash. And I totally agree with you about Bitcoin. Bitcoin was a Trojan horse to get people interested in crypto. Oh, we control it. The state doesn't touch it. Isn't it brilliant? We can buy things and give me a break, right? Stop now. I I say to people, stop, give over. You know, and now they've got their own centralised, digitalised currencies that they're about to, to bring in and they'll ban Bitcoin. So do you think the next thing, the next huge thing might be, right, right, they're saying that they're trillions in debt. They're saying yeah. that they've had to spend trillions to, to pay for COVID, uh, to pay for their, for their wars of aggression in Libya, in Afghanistan, everything else were trillions in debt. Society has never owed so much money. Wouldn't it be great now if the central bank said, right, we're turning, I don't mean it's great, I'm being sarcastic, we'll turn yes. the taps off, no more money, and we'll basically collapse the fiat system completely and announce today there is no money. None. But we have an idea, Mariam. We have a new yes. currency. It's called a CDC. And uh, we're going to give everybody an allowance every month, this universal basic income idea. Might that be something that they're working towards in maybe in the short to medium term? I, I believe so, absolutely. We're seeing uh, superinflation here in the United States. And uh, the future is not living in a smart city. It is become it is to be self-reliant unless you want to be part of this sick metaverse um, future. But I do believe the financial collapse and getting off the dollar. And so the Bitcoin, you know, when they say this is the future, it can't be hackable. Uh, I. I dis- disagree. People are investing, for instance, in silver and gold. Uh, I personally have a little bit of silver, but I, I haven't delved into this. But again, if they are freezing, they've set a precedent now in Canada, they can freeze your bank account. We know they don't care. The reason doesn't really matter. They're going to justify whatever it is they want. They are denying people bail for whatever reason they want. For instance, I'll just say briefly, uh, I know you're, we're almost done, that in um, March of 2020, they launched Operation, the FDA, the FTC, DOJ, Operation Quack Hack. And they went after people such as myself that simply sell vitamins. Yeah. So for instance, the person who, the church that behind chlorine dioxide, they're still in jail. They've been, they have not had a speedy trial. And so again, it's been 17 months. They've been denied bail for what? For helping actual humans. This is a topsy turvy Luciferian reality. And um, I, I pray for the future of, uh, of the humans. Do you know you, this thing about going after people's income, which they've yeah. done to you and others? Um, yes. This is not about me now, but, but a, six or eight months ago, PayPal deleted the account for this program. Now, I wasn't the first person uh, to lose a PayPal account. I think it might mm. have happened to you. I know it happened yes. to others. And this is the way they will come for the independent media. They, they, they'll, 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 they'll get to go fund me. It'll be PayPal. It'll be any of these big organizations that people use to fundraise because obviously advertising is, doesn't matter how many listeners we have. Advertis- yeah. Advertisers won't come near us. I've genuinely right. got the biggest audience on radio in the UK right now at this wow. moment. Well, that's a fact. There are more people listening to me right now than are listening to BBC Radio 1. That's a fact. 
And yes. yet advertisers won't come anywhere near me. Yes. So what am I left? Yes. What have I got to do? All I can say is to my listeners, the, the show is free, but if you want to yeah. send me a couple of pounds, once in a blue moon, do send it to me and then we'll carry on. But they'll stop that. That's the next thing. They'll do it to you. They've done it to others. They'll, they'll, they'll shut it down. Look, can, you hit the nail on the head. What a great example um, the, the, the Freedom Convoy is. To try and starve them of oxygen, of generous support from, yes. from people, you, you know, and they've done it. He managed to do it. To freeze people's accounts, to threaten to arrest people if you show up with a, with a pot roast or, or a right. bit of lasagna to feed these people will put you, that, that, that's a fact, will put you in prison. And you said something earlier on that was very, very profound as well. You said, we'll have this little cooling off period now. But yeah. the thing about that is people, people have, they've gotten used to, to it now. They've come to accept that the government can do these things. And now it's time to just reflect on that. Just ponder that the government can do to you whatever it wants and you'll just have to take it. Um, I've said too much there. This is your time. But what I'm going to do, we'll talk about yes. bees for two minutes. In, in a couple of weeks' time into early March, we'll arrange for you to come back for a much longer segment because my listeners love listening to you and I love listening to you. And we haven't had enough time today. That, your, your film will stand the test of time, Vanishing of the Bees. Last month, um, yeah. I couldn't believe my eyes. We, we had this situation yeah. here in the UK where the UK government licensed a product that had banned, that had been banned in this country, yeah. which is um, killing bees left, right and centre. None of this will be of any great surprise to you. Not only yeah. was this stuff banned, not only are they using it here, but they're exporting it. I read in the Telegraph today, they're exporting this, this pesticide. What did you say a few minutes ago? Luciferian. It is yes. Luciferian, isn't it? it? It is. And the message of the bees, I've been saying for a while, we are the bees slowly being poisoned by sublethal doses, which now includes genetically modified information. And my message has been for almost two, two decades about the poisons and they accumulate in the body and we have unhealthy public officials giving us health information. It's death by a thousand cuts, whether it's honeybees that are responsible for pollinating one in every three bites of our food, or if it's an attack on the humans and eradicating the immune system, not only literally, but in our minds, because no one even talks about the immune system when speaking about health. And then you get into the germ versus terrain theory. Just to talk about the, you know, I, I was blowing the whistle on GoFundMe. In 2017, they banned me. Uh, PayPal banned me in 2017. And I said, in 2018, Roseanne Barr today, you tomorrow, when they said, are you a Roseanne Barr fan? And I said, I'm a freedom of speech fan. And here we are normalizing this censorship and attacking people. And again, I say the same thing. I am a journalist through by through, but I need support. I used to get paid $2 a word and now I give away my brilliant articles for free. Yeah. It's disgusting when we just want to be these truth seekers and we are not driven by money. We are driven by truth, but we need support too to continue to be able to survive and put food on the table. And there are plenty and of people out there 
willing to support your work and and research, but they're going to they're, they're going to shut off those supply chains. And and this is not new to you. I'm saying it to my to my yeah. listeners. I believe this is a watershed moment for the independent media in this country. They're putting something through Parliament called the Online Harms Bill, which is specifically tailored to shut down people who might interview. You know, you might interview a doctor, like a qualified yeah. doctor, who says that in horror or his opinion, the jabs are dangerous. That's going to be illegal in this country very soon. And this is not bullshit. This, this is true. It's, it's enshrined in the wording of the legislation they want to get through. They want to make it a criminal offence for knowingly spreading medical misinformation, which might cause harm. I've never encountered anything like this time we're living in. And like I said, I feel a bit naive because some great researchers told me over the years, present company included, that this was coming down the line. And I said, yeah, it looks like it. But on some subconscious level, I just went back to watching the football and and having the Guinness. You know, I'll be the first to admit that. And here we are. Yeah, well, well, at the same time, um, there's a lot of fatigue. I mean, I've been blowing the whistle for a long time saying this is coming. And I also do not want prison room 101, which is, you know, the, in, in 1984 is the prison chamber where it's the, the hell is tailored specifically to you. I refuse to have them project this negative future onto us. So what is the solution? We, we must continue to stand, even though they're making it almost impossible. But they're not going to win ultimately. However it plays out, and it could yes. be very dark before it gets bright. Something tells me they they won't win. Um, we're going to do this again in a few weeks' time in a longer segment. Um, there's been hundreds of comments on my website about your work and about what we've talked about. So we'll have to get into it. 30 seconds before we go, Mariam, you sent me a list of links. Yes. G- give us a few uh, quick ones off the top of your head. Where can people find you online now? Gab, I know, I know Getter and I know Telegram. Give us those links if you can. So on, um, I'm, I'm Lady B on Gab. I post things on Gab TV. I've joined Rockfin. I am Truth Lives Here on Telegram. There is censorship on Telegram too, folks. And uh, yes, I'm on Getter as a B Lady. I'm still on Twitter as a backup on B Lady 17. I'm constantly doing work and putting content out there. Please find me. You're brilliant. And listen, good luck with your mum. It's nice to hear that your mum has had Thank a bit you. of a moment of pause and she yes. might think again. And you're obviously beautiful, beautiful nature with her and being kind with her and loving her. That's a great example because a lot of people tell me they've fallen out with their mums yes. and dads because mum had the jab and dad had the jab. But you're, you're a great example of how not to fall out with, with your parents. So well done. Thank you. Speak real Thank soon, Mariam. God bless. Thank you, Richie. And God you too. You. The, the great Mariam Henain, live on the Richie Allen Show. Tuesday's programme, Top Lady. Find her on Getter, on Gab, as she said, Telegram. Uh, B Lady, B-E-E Lady, or Lady B. And uh, I'll, I'll find a way of getting some of those links online on my website as well a bit later on. Thank you, Mariam. The time, as I said, is a minute past six. We'll be speaking with Mark Boyerski real soon real soon thanks for your comments by the way it's a really packed uh, programme today it feels a bit packed that's good I suppose no bad thing this is David Bowie the song is Heroes Heroes
on the Richie Allen Show, live from Salford. Good to be with you. Four minutes past six o'clock, the Richie Allen Show, live from BBG Towers. In Salford, Tuesday's programme, better weather, drive time, drive time. Isn't Mariam Hinane lovely, isn't she? Wonderful. Light worker, I think Mark would say light worker there. Let's uh, welcome back to the programme, great friend of yours, great friend of mine. His YouTube channel is fantastic. He doesn't know, or at least he didn't know, that I check in with it regularly. Because he has some fantastic conversations on there, so he does. You'll find him on YouTube at Mark Bajerski. His website is markbajerski.com. He is a healer of hearts. He is the founder of the Pure Energy Healing Academy, which is based in Spain. It's a wonderful place. I've spoken to many people who've been through his doors. And uh, he's an incredibly benevolent guy. He works very hard to promote the independent media. Let's welcome back to the programme the one and only Mark Bajerski. Welcome back, son. How are you? Oh, Richard, feeling great. You look great. I can see you, but you can't see me. I'm stubborn, you see. It's radio, and I don't have a, a webcam on the, the particular computer I'm using. I wanted to say, what a fantastic conversation you had with a lovely gentleman who you're going to give us his name now. Uh, it's, on, it's, it's been watched thousands of times already on your YouTube channel. Lovely gentleman who is a yogi. And you talked to him about karma. It made such sense to me watching that. Well done. It's great content you're putting out there on that channel. Yeah, I think for me, Richie, it's important to stay balanced, uh, free of ego, and to be able to be open-minded in the sense of, you know, the most of us have been indoctrined, we've been programmed by um, books, you know, read this. Okay, now you finish reading this, read this, read this. Now read that, read this. And along the way, you realize that all you've ever done is memorize things. But have you ever really, truly stepped back and looked at life in general? Or if all you've ever done is just read? I've just had this conversation with a guy in Waterford, great guy called Shane. And he said... And he's absolutely right. What is intelligence? And I said, from my understanding, what mainstream thinking is, is intelligence is that what we read and we study and we digest and we memorize, that is intelligence. That is what we believe is intelligence. But actually, we've got it wrong. That label is completely wrong. It's not intelligence at all. Intelligence is intuition. That's intelligence. And have we seen what intelligence is right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you, right. you, you said to me some years ago, we talked about this, IQs came up for some reason. I must have been joking about doing, I did an IQ test years ago and I sent it off to Mensa and then they gave me the test and I, I did well, I did reasonably well. And I'm not going to give the score because nobody will believe it. So I won't give it out. But you, we were talking about this and you said, well, you said something along the lines to me, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't intelligence um, getting along with people, um, being useful with people, identifying with people, empathising with people, feeling people, cooperating with people. 
that's genuine intelligence. The, 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 right. the, the, the degrees, you know, take your degrees and throw them in the bin. Actually functioning with people, that's genuine intelligence. Absolutely. You've, you've hit the nail on the well, head. Well, you did. You told me it. this. It's exactly what I was saying, Richard, just earlier on, saying that empathy and intuition and seeing uh, between the lines, reading in between the lines, looking at life, experiencing it and seeing how we can grow, elevate, how we can help and, and help communities and how we can help each other and how we can expand in a loving way. That's intelligence. If there is such, if we have to use a word, you know, intelligence to me now doesn't ring true in any way. In fact, I, I've come to understand this. Every single, in fact, Ajahn says that, and a many, many gurus say it. And I remember my first time with a guru, and I was only at the beginning of my journey 20 years ago, and they said to me, the first thing you need to understand is everything, and I repeat, everything you've been taught is a lie. Is wrong. Yeah. Yeah, or a lie. That's an amazing thing. I went to see you two years ago, 1993. Uh, the biggest rock tour in the world, this Zoo TV thing, you'll remember this, 75 yeah. massive video screens blasting out images. And after one of the songs that came up in a, bla in a, in a pitch black stadium, everything you know is wrong. It kind of blew my mind. Well, is it? Is it really? And, and, and that's the starting point, is it, Mark, for, 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 for understanding? Or, or is that the starting point to begin to try to understand who you are and why you're here, to accept that everything you've been told is actually not true. Yes, I think it is. And I think it's a, a brilliant observation too. And uh, as a healer, when I first started the work, it made me realize that most of my work through the years was to actually help people understand truth. And what is truth? Because a lot of the times what we experience in life, we believe is truth. Experience is my truth. But actually what you're experiencing is actually just a football game. It's a game show. It's a pantomime. It's not real truth. It's been uh, given to you. It's been forced upon you. Um, today, a man came to see me and he is Russian and we started talking and he said to me, I said to him, what do you feel about Ukraine and Russia? He says, oh, do you not understand this world? And I said, no, please, please share. He says, some people watch football and other people watch politics it's the same thing. It's a, game, it's a game, my friend. And I went, interesting, interesting. He says, the difference is the people in this uh, football ground who are sat in the seats are trillionaires. <laughs> That's right. And neither the Ukrainian authorities, even if they are puppets that were put in by the United States in 2014, neither is Putin, neither is Biden. None of these people do what is in the best interests of their people. That includes Vladimir Putin. That's a very shrewd observation. It's a massive game to keep us distracted, to keep us, you've said before, low vibrational, stressed, fed up, angry, anxious, nervous. Mm -hmm. I think people, whether they realise it or not, you, you, you talked about this many times. Um, you might think you're not observing that stuff, but you are through kind of osmosis. If you're walking past a telly or a radio and you think, well, I'm not actively engaged in that, I don't listen to it or I don't read it, but it is seeping into you, isn't it? 
and every poisoning you. Yeah. Every single moment of every single day, uh, 24 hours a day. That's why the black screen is continuously pumping out a negative energy, whether that is through a vibrational energy that was manipulated by these dark forces or whether it is a conversation given because they have to, because that's their job and that's what they're paid to do. And they would dare never say anything against what they're being told to say, which is all about somebody's killed somebody, we're going to die, there's a new virus coming. It is constant pantomime fear programming that gets you down. And I kind of see it this way, Richard. I see life now as simplistic as being in a playground. And I see Billy in the corner who's just come from another school because he's been uh, expelled from that school. He sees this playground and he sees all these children playing happily. They're all having a good time. They're playing with marbles. They're playing with each other. They're, they're on the swings. They're laughing. Billy's not happy. Billy's not happy because Billy's had a terrible life. He's probably been abused. Lots of bad things have happened to him. And he's not happy looking around, seeing everybody's happy. And he's had a crappy life. And yes, we do have to feel sorry for Billy. But let's take it one step at a time. What is Billy going to do now? Billy is not going to enjoy the energy of people being happy because it's a reflection on how sad and upset he is. Therefore, he needs to get everybody into the same energetic frequency. So Billy then starts to steal marbles. How does he do that? Well, first of all, he's going to trick them and cheat them. So he's going to say to the, the John, John, they're marbles that you've got there. They're kind of red and, and they're, they're not very nice. But these clear ones that I've got in my pocket are the best marbles in the world. Everybody wants them. They're the most powerful marbles. They do magic. And John says, wow, uh, because John's not used to people lying in the playground because everybody's happy and lovely and kind. So he says, uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll swap you these uh, marbles, which Billy only paid one penny a piece for them. But Johnny's mum bought uh, his for 10 pence each, and he knows this. So they swap, and Billy's laughing because he feels he's got one up on uh, John. Then he sees another girl, uh, and he sees this girl. It's Tracy. Tracy's enjoying a real, really nice sandwich his sandwich isn't so nice. So he goes up to her and he steals a sandwich and uh, says, if you tell anybody, I'm going to um, uh, do it every day. So then he causes great harm in the playground. Then all of a sudden, a few people are starting to catch on to what he's doing. So Billy now needs to get support. So what he does is he starts bribing certain people. So he'll punch um, David, he punches him in the eye and says, look, you're going to work for me now and you're going to watch out for me. And if anybody says anything, you're going to come back and tell me. So what I'm trying to say, Richie, is everything is like right now, a global playground filled with bullies who are bullying just innocent, beautiful people. And the only way we can ever end this is all of us together stood up, walking up to Billy and saying, Billy, it's time for you to go. You're not wanted here. You're not going to be here. We're not. We're going to stand here and, and tell the teacher, all of us, and you can beat one of us, but then you have to beat all of us. 
Billy will start saying, oh, don't worry. I won't do it again. I promise. Here's your marbles back. I'll give you it. No, 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 Billy. We know what you're going to do. You're going to give us it all back, but you're going to be planning on what you can do next to make it even more difficult so we won't come together. So everything that is happening now, Richard, is a playground school bunch of bullies who have come together who are attacking the good, kind, honest people of this world. And the only way this will ever stop, Richard, is if all of us get up together and say enough is enough. And do you think, speaking with my previous guest, we discussed what might it take? Is there a line in the sand, do you think, for humanity? You know, is is there something that could happen where people would, 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 would realise it? We talked on this programme a couple of days ago about, you know, back in 1916 in Ireland, that we had the proclamation of independence at the, at the, the GPO in Dublin. You know, Ireland, where, where, where Padraig Pierce, of course, we declare Ireland to be independent from British rule. But most people in Ireland at the time didn't have much sympathy for the rebels. They didn't realise how tyrannical things were. It, it, it was almost like Stockholm Syndrome. But the British government, the army eventually started executing these men. And that changed public opinion. People saw the monster. And I'm wondering, do, do you hold out some hope that something so bad might happen that it would, you know, jolt enough people into doing what you said, standing up and saying to the bullies, it's game over now? Mm, I, I think that could be a, a, an, a trap uh, Rich, if you don't mind me saying, the reason why is because that means that people are waiting for something so bad to happen. And psychopaths never do things that so bad that they, they always keep it just so it drip feeds until it's too late. Yeah. My humble opinion, Richard, what I've seen as a healer in this world is that we have been given a monumental opportunity to change the way the world is from dark demonic forces that are in control of this world right now to an alignment so humanity can look up to the sun and look at the sun, be enlightened, see the sun. Most of us up until this moment don't want to look at the sun. We don't want to see the truth. We don't want to see the light. We just rather be in the dark. But this is an opportunity for us. And I say this with my hand on my heart, Richard. Right now, what we've been through is so dark that many people are starting to look into the light and see it for what it is. So this is an amazing opportunity. But where I I am right now and what I've been trying to do over these two years, and I've got to say this, Richard, I haven't wanted to talk about conspiracy. I haven't wanted to talk about um, injections that may cause great harm and sever the connection between the spirit and the spacesuit. I haven't wanted to talk about all of these things that people have just basically dropped me because Mark is meant to be a kind, caring healer and talking about love. I didn't want to speak about any of this, but I knew that my heart was telling me, you have to do the right thing, Mark. You have to say, you have to speak your truth. That is why you're here. So I've spent two years talking about things that I don't want to talk about. I want to talk about energy. I want to talk about healing. I want to tell you how you can heal. I want to tell you how easy it is that you can strengthen your life and clear what you believe is depression, sadness, um, uh, bitterness, uh, jealousy, uh, insomnia, all of these things that we think is it is a label when it's not. It's energy. And we can shift and change that very quickly if we 
we learn what healing is and how to heal. So my belief is that right now, people have an opportunity. And that opportunity is just two things you can do here. You can sit back and wait for the Messiah in any Messiah you want, whether it's Trump, whether it's God, doesn't matter. You're waiting for something to change. Or you can say, you know what? I don't think nothing's really going to change. So the only thing I can do, the only, the only last resort is for me to change, is for me to be my greatest teacher, to be my greatest leader, to be my guru, to be my healer. And that is where we are. That is my message. I say to people every single moment, 24 hours a day, you are your guru. You are your teacher. You are your government. You are everything that you need. And the moment you realize that this, all this nonsense, this pantomime falls apart because it relies on people waiting for something to happen. To save them. This is really interesting because we, we, were, th- we, we, we were taught when I went to, to school, we, we were taught about God going to a Catholic primary school. And I, I happened over the years, I did meet some, some really lovely priests, some real gentlemen, even in secondary school, guys who, who, who lived it, you know, they practiced it. And we, we talked about, you know, God. The question always comes up, Mark, doesn't it? Why doesn't God or the Creator intervene? Why does the Creator suffer these outrages? You know, these, these evils, these diabolical happenings. Why wouldn't the Creator intervene? And it's one of the great mysteries. And, and priests have taught me over the years, you know, God has given you everything. Uh, the source, if you want to call it the source, if you want to call it the, the light being or the Creator, has given you everything. You are all that could be and ever will be, all that's possible. It's within you to deal with it. And that's why God doesn't swoop down or whatever God is and intervene. How, do you, yeah. how, how, how does that sit with you, that concept, that idea? Well, I remember I was in Waterford and I was sat in front of a few hundred people just about to start. At the Bridge spirit- Hotel? Yes, that's right. How yeah. do you know? Because I know everything. I know nothing. No, because I remember at the time I was lamenting the fact that I couldn't be there. I'm, I'm a Waterford man, born and bred. And uh, I knew you were there and it, it went down incredibly well. I remember reading some of the reviews online. So you were back at Bridge Hotel, Waterford, I think about 2016 time, around about, thereabouts. Yeah, absolutely. You're brilliant. You're, uh, I'm yeah, telling you. Wow. I'm a stalker. <laughs> that, that, that feeling you get sometimes You've at the hairs in the back of your neck. It's me following you around. <laughs> Sorry, would I get to you if I come into your house? Oh, you're on my phone. You're my screensaver, Mark Boyerski. I've got everything. You're in my wallet. I'm, I've got a locket on my neck with a little picture of Mark Boyerski as well. I'm a super fan. No, no. Sorry, sorry for taking the Mickey. Um, oh, no, this this is important. So, 2016, the Bridge Hotel, Waterford. Yeah. So I was sat there listening to all the amazing speakers, and I was the last speaker on there, and there was. Uh, <clears throat> I got up on stage and normally what I do is light a candle. That's it. I don't have any papers, don't have any bullet points. I just talk to the energy of the the room. So I had no idea what I'm going to say. So I stand up and I kid you not, it was the most profound moment, I think, of my understanding of of the, the power of humanity. I looked down at these beautiful souls and I saw a light running from the top of every single person's head 
And it was a light that was people call the crown chakra, whether it was open, I've no idea. All I know is there was a light and that light ran straight up to the heavens. And I looked at everybody and I said, if you could just feel what I see right now, you would realize that you are the answer to everything in this world. And I believe, Richard, with my whole heart, that these demonic people know that the power is within us and they do everything they can to hijack that through spraying, through the food, through MSM, through Wi-Fi. All of these things are predominantly an attack to stop our light, our connection to our most powerful divine source that makes us understand that we are everything and we need nothing. This is um, this is really interesting to me. Last night, Jenny Lowe's, a, a British nurse who lives in Portugal, was on the programme and talked about electromagnetic smog. So talked about 5G, Wi-Fi, um, television, um, electricity lines, microwave ovens, all this stuff we're, we're exposed to. And she also talked about diet and how those two things are central, you know, in, in keeping people feeling unwell and down and low. And I know you get this all the time, um, but tired. And I'm not talking about myself because I've, I've had an insomnia thing going on years and, you know, I, I've learned to live with it and eventually I'll deal with it. But people who don't have insomnia, people are tired, constantly tired. Bone tired people tell me all the time. Richard, uh, insomnia is not um, any kind of illness. It's it's an energy that is stuck within the human body, which I call the spacesuit. That energy is called trapped energy. Now, I'll give you a for instance. There was a chap who came to me about 15 years ago, and he came and flew from France. He'd been all over the world to try and heal himself from insomnia because he only got two hours sleep a night if he was lucky. And this was all his life. I never said a word. This is what he said to me. I had no idea what I was about to do, but I laid him down on the healing bed and I began the healing work. My hand went to the back of his head, to the right hand side of his head, and it stayed there for one hour and 30 minutes. The man got up and left and went to the Mijas Hotel, fell asleep and woke up the following day and he slept for something like 14 hours. That is a true story. And at the end of it, we sat down for a coffee and he said to me, Mark, I've slept for 14 hours. I said, that is absolutely amazing. He said, yeah. Um, I, I, I can't really explain it, he says, but there you go. He must have been uh, very I, emotional. I, I imagine he was, uh, knowing honest, insomnia. To be, no, to be honest, Richie, I don't think he, he put the pieces together because not many people do. It's very rare that we put the pieces together and then we go back to the original state that we're in. So, we uh, Hang on a second, are you telling me that he didn't understand that you'd helped him? Do you know how many people actually understand what's happened to them after a healing the, the, session? Hang on a second now. This is blowing my mind. So so you, you, you hold your hand to this gentleman's head for, for 90 minutes. He knows who you are. This enables him to sleep for the first time properly in God knows how long. Uh, and now he's feeling a lot better. And he, 
and he dismisses the idea that you've had something to do with it. Do you, do you think people actually admit when somebody has helped them? Um, do you think everybody admits to that? Do well, you think I would. Yeah, you're not everybody, Richard. To, to be honest with you, a lot of healers actually do the work and we do it not because of ego, not because we want a pat on the back. We do it because yeah. of love and because we want people to feel better because we are empaths. What you feel, I feel. How your pain is my pain. That's the bottom line. But a lot of people don't see it. People come, have a healing session, feel better, go back, end up being in an abusive relationship or, or start to reignite that that um, energy within them that is a, a trauma of a past. Uh, maybe the father hitting them or being abused and then it continues again. So they come back, they have another healing session and then it, 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 until the penny drops and they face their demons, they face their trauma, they face whatever it is they they turn to choose they choose to turn away and then i see that penny drop moment when they look in my eyes and say now i know what i need to do right that that's that that's you've got me there with that with people you know, denying on some level, the chap must have been denying it. I mean, he must have known. Richard, don't, don't, doesn't everybody deny everything? Doesn't everybody live in 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 a world of of denial? I mean, I know some amazing people in this world who are amazing at seeing through the BS, and these people are uh, some of the best um, talkers in the world. And, and they talk about the metaverse and they say, this is getting out of hand. This is this is going to change all the children. They're only going to see this world, which isn't really a world. They're going to be vegetables sat down in a sea. Yeah, and yeah. They're, going to, they're going to buy uh, uh, land at $20,000, which isn't there. They're going to buy tokens, which are 2,000, which don't even exist. And I turn around to them and say, hang on a minute. You, you're selling Bitcoin. <laughs> Right. Hang on, hang on, hang on a minute. Let, 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 stop, stop. Before you say anything, yeah. you told me to start mining. What, what do you want me to mine again? Tell me what you want me to mine. What, what do I mine? You, you, sorry, you, you want me to mine something that isn't a mine that isn't there so that I've got something that doesn't exist. And yeah. you're telling me that the metaverse is crazy. I mean, come on, Richard. It, 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 it's it's Sometimes it's flabbergasting. And, and, you know, look, I've got a piece of gold, mate. I've got a piece of silver, right? You you, you unplug the world. I've still got that gold and silver in my pocket, mate, and I can still do business. You, oh, yeah, but I've got it in the safe. I've got my number in the safe. Yeah. If you've got your number in the safe, take it out. What are you going to do if everything's been switched off? Why have so many seemingly... Oh. Clued in people falling for Bitcoin. And even last week it came up on the programme. And I've always been fairly congenial. I'm, I'm, I'm a guy who does, I've never been dogmatic, so my listeners know this. And I know there are people listening to this that swear by Bitcoin. So I keep that in mind and I keep in mind that I don't know everything. And I just say to them, you know, if it's cashless and if it's digital and if it's in the you know, if it's in the, the cyber sphere, if it isn't actually touchable or tangible, of course the governments can switch it off anytime they want or or they could go one better and say, uh, we're not dealing in Bitcoin now. Uh, that's not accepted tender. You've got to use our own uh, cashless, cashless um, digital currency. I just don't understand. Uh, if nobody has summed it up more beautifully and funnily than you've just summed it up there. Oh, beware of the metaverse. Hey, listen, why don't you get some Bitcoin? <laughs> you know? 
Yeah, yeah. Let, let's go mining together. Yeah, yeah. I'm like scratching my head saying, mining what? Yeah, yeah. And this idea that it's untouchable, that they really believe that it's untouchable, the government can't do anything about it, and blockchain and all of that. I'm like, really? They've got better yeah. people. What, what, what? What, than you what happens, what happens Richie, doing this stuff. switch off all the um all the communications yes. how are you gonna how are you gonna uh, i've got some bitcoin mate oh yeah and yeah you're gone they've disconnected you from the internet exactly, exactly. and and, and I, I don't get that this is great stuff mark Bayerski is our guest it's 29 minutes to the top of the hour <laughs> just like the first hour this is flying by thanks for your comments Mark is on markbyerski.com. He's on YouTube, of course. He's an author, brilliant author. Check him out. Watch the videos on YouTube. It's not going to cost you anything, and you will learn an awful lot. How many, how many, how many views has the video about saging had now? Eighty-five and a half million at this stage, or something like that. It's been so beneficial to people. Just before you come back in, do you know how many people got on to me over the last three, four years and said, I tell you what, Richie, I followed Mark's instructions down to the last letter and what a difference it made in my environment. What a difference it made in my house. It totally transformed the energy and the feeling and wow, that's all I'm saying. And that video is still available on, uh, on your YouTube uh, channel. So check it out, folks. Oh, my God, Richard, there's not enough sage in the world to clear this nonsense up, but there is enough sage to clear your house. To clear your house, but not, not, to, not to change the world. No, <laughs> no, there's not enough. You could grow it as, uh, uh, yeah, you'd, <laughs> I'm not even going to say GMO. <laughs> but uh, anyway, okay, I'll tell you what I'd like to say, Richard. A lot of people are really, really struggling to understand how a bunch of people can actually do things so bad to people in the world in the sense of treat us the way they're doing and and is it possible that somebody could be so callous and so uh, psychopathic and so demonic that they would put something into a serum that could cause harm you know the way I sum it up I was driving along the motorway in my car and for some reason it was one of those days where loads of flies was hitting my windscreen and I squirted the um, water and the windscreen wipers went by and they washed away all the blood and all the flies. I stopped for a moment and pulled over and thought, I think I now understand why. I believe that these heartless, soulless, subhuman beings see you and me like the fly on the windscreen or the ant crawling on our table eating our food we just want to kill it clear it away and there isn't a thought or feeling yeah. and that is how i see this progressing because they do not see us as pure beautiful loving souls they see us as flies and an irritation the enemy yeah um um ants as you said uh, subhuman. The, the subhumans look upon the rest of us as as being subhuman. Ironically, that that that's really. Let me let me just go because if I don't, Mark, I'm going to go to the comments. Sure. There's so many of them. RichieAllen.co.uk. Comment live top of the page. You're listening to Mark Boyerski. It's taking a while to load the page now. We're getting hammered here. Mark's going to grab a glass of water there. Switch the light on. Oh, he's switching the light on. Yeah. 
Then, and then there was light. Richard. Then there was light. Are you San Pedro Ishway? Are you Mijas way today? Where are you? Um, well, you know, I um, you, you said once that I walk the walk and talk the talk. Well, I, I try my best to. I fall a lot of the times, Richard, but I get up and dust myself off and try again. And um, I decided because I felt that I saw the future being a future that we have to be self-sufficient. So I got a little tiny farm, which is a bit of land. I got some chickens. I got some fruit trees. And I'm now planting natural seeds from around the world, which are organic seeds. And uh, I've got a, a generator. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm learning a new way of life to, to live because I believe it's the future for uh, our independence and being sovereign humans. And I knew that, but just looking at the little setup you have there behind you, I thought that you were in your your old apartment. But no, I know I, I, I am. Know. I am. I, I've kept this because this is the only place. Uh, the trouble with the farm is there's not as good a strong. Of internet course not, because there is no Wi-Fi anywhere near. Because thank I God, to find a place without <laughs> Wi-Fi. You can detox on the farm away from oh the. Oh my God, the you're Wi-Fi. so right, Richard. But I'm not being funny. I'm being honest here now. There is a massive shift in energy and the negativity, and I believe that whether it's Musk or whether it's uh, the 5G, there is a massive turn on, and I feel it like I have never felt it before. So even in a farm, I don't think we're safe. I think they are really switching on uh, systematically. They're not. They're making sure that nothing makes sense. They're, they're doing it uh, so that we just can't put the pieces together. But I, I honestly believe these people who think Musk is a god and, and a godsend, uh, and at the same time he's wanting to, you know, chip animals and chip humans, then yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know what I'm not seeing that other people are. I'm so, I'm sorry to be a bit um, kind of tabloid about this, my next question, but do you understand why some of our Christian friends, like I'm, I'm going to be speaking to Eric Gajewski on the programme again next week. Eric's not been on for about a year and a half and I really like him and he's a traditional Catholic but he's open-minded, he's not dogmatic and uh, he, he gets on really well with people who, who, uh, who, who disagree with him. But, but Eric, amongst others, they see the chip as being the mark of the beast, uh, the Revelations chapter. Did, did, have you a bit of sympathy with why they think that way, why they feel I, that way? I, I, I've got, a, um, for me, uh, anything like um, the book, what was written, I believe that the, the Bible, you call it whatever Bible, there's certain Bibles which were just messed about with. But I do believe that the Bible has a lot of um, coding. It has a lot of messages. And I don't think, I don't literally read it literally. I read it as uh, metaphors of right. everything. So I, I do I do really think it's there for our uh, safety and well-being, but I don't take it literally. I get you. And there, there are people now who will tell me, Richie, you're wrong, not you, Mark. They'll say I'm wrong and they'll say that uh, Eric is wrong. They'll say the chip on the brain is not the mark of the beast. They'll say, and this is a bit... You know, this this will will annoy some people. They will say the jabs, the jabs are the mark of the beast. The digital passport, well, that's the mark well, of the beast. They will say. It, it, but but th- this is the. If we all sat down, I, I'd I'd say sit down, everybody. Sit down, behave yourself, calm down. You're all right. 
You're all right. linked. So stop arguing about who is right. You're all right. And if we could just grasp that, we'd be able to finish this tomorrow. But we are fighting over our point, which is ridiculous. How does how much does that annoy you? You you earlier earlier on you, you said to me earlier on, uh, with a little bit of an edge to your voice, which I appreciate. You said earlier on, you said, um, I you know, wanted to, wanted to be doing, I'm paraphrasing what you said, uh, the light work, the he, the healing, um, the coaching, the writing, all the great things. But you've spent the last two years talking about what's been happening and you, you know, would have preferred maybe not to have been doing that. But then you said, I have to do it because it's the right thing to do. It's obviously taken a toll on you, physically. Like, it's, it's tough, right? Because... Well, well, People well, expect you yeah. to have answers. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. It has taken a toll on me. And if I said it hasn't, then uh, I'm lying. And if anybody who is a healer who says it hasn't, I would say that they're lying and they're just showing a front as if they want everybody to love them. Uh, but a lot of people, a lot of healers uh, don't tell the truth because th their argument to that point is, and a lot of gurus say this, if I fall, then everybody else falls. So I have to stay strong. But actually, you know what, mate? people can see straight through that. Yeah. So be honest. You fall, you make everybody else see that you are just like them. You're human. So that gives them strength to be able to come over and help you. And that's how it should be. The issue we've got is people are looking up to famous stars, singers, uh, politicians, and seeing them as these heroes in suits and shiny costumes and, and wonderful cars and rappers and all these in actual fact, they're just like you and me. They sit in a toilet, they make mistakes, they get things wrong every day, and they're hu they're just just humans uh, when all said and done, as we all are. But we we have a spirit inside. That spirit inside should be the light. That should be who we are, not the outfits, not not the pretense. We should be who we are through our truth. And nobody is truthful these days. We're hiding from it. We're turning away from it. We're blinded by our own ego and pride and ignorance instead of saying you know what hold my hands up i know nothing you know we know not the more we learn the more we realize we know nothing and these people who claim to know everything and claim to have the answer to everything that is a dangerous path and that's where we end up following people who lead us down the wrong paths yeah and i've seen this in the last two years as well i knew at the beginning of the covid thing that the the people or the entities behind the agenda, I knew that they would create their own opposition, that they would put people out there on social media and and put people out there in the independent media, new characters that we'd never seen before, some of them who used to be famous on mainstream media, and that they would put those people out there, anti-lockdown, anti-jab, as controlled opposition. Now, maybe the, the person didn't realise they were controlled opposition. Maybe, right. as far as they're concerned, they're genuine. But ultimately, they're put out there to appease people and to calm people down and to ultimately prevent people from doing what, what, what you suggested earlier on, which is arriving at the understanding that you and you alone can get yourself out of it. Not the radio presenter that you like, not... Uh, Richie Allen or, or, or Gareth Ike or not, not Mark Boyersky, as great as you are, that you've got to do for yourself. But people have, they've followed these, you know, kind of 
celebrities who used to be soap stars, who used to, to you know be football stars, now they're saying things that people want to hear. They're saying it's tyranny, the jobs, and people are going, great, 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 and they follow those people. But what they don't do then is they don't take any action. No, I mean, there, there's a couple of three uh, famous rappers and um, some of my family sent me some uh, videos of these rappers that they like. And I'm like, why are you sending me that? Well, look what they're saying. I said, we know. About two years, <laughs> they're about two years too late. Right. Where were they two years ago before we were telling everybody, don't do this because it's not good. Yeah. These guys who now are dangerous, they've got the guns, they're, 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 their home is... Where were they? They're not. They're not strong. They're not powerful. They're not gangsters. They're just. They're just pantomime players. That's all they are. Mark Bayerski is our guest. Look how quick this hour has gone. It's a four. It's sixteen minutes to the top of the hour. Check his website out, markbayerski.com. Read his books. Fantastic reads. Uh, YouTube videos. Uh, Mark's got hundreds of thousands of followers on YouTube, and he makes daily. Uh, live streams and videos they're always amusing they're always entertaining but they're always packed with really interesting insights and not only that but from time to time he has uh, guests with him and they are great great company great watch with um, Arjan have I said mm-hmm. that right? yeah uh, the Ajan. yogi Arjan yeah Arjan I could listen to him all day long I really enjoyed that I look yeah, forward to seeing more of it yeah yeah, he's incredible. I, I've been blessed to work with some amazing people in this world and to learn their amazing teachings. And I share those teachings with everybody that I meet. And uh, I actually listened to half an hour of your show last night with the lady from Portugal. And I'm like, you know what, Richard? The one thing about your show is that you get real honest no ego, good, kind people who want to share information to the public because they want to genuinely help people. That's what sets you aside from everything. And people feel that and know it. And that's why I support you, Richard. And that's why all my friends love you because they see what they don't see in all the other media platforms. This is the only powerful platform that I really truly believe that your guests are honest and kind. There's no agenda. There's only love for the fellow brother and sister. And that's why I love this show so much. You're very kind to say that. Many many years sure. ago when I started out, that's that's a beautiful thing for you to say. Look, I started out years ago and I fell into the trap very early on of being a bit fond of myself when I, when, I, when I got my first gig, right? So you're doing the radio thing and you're on the radio and people know you. So you start to get a bit fond of yourself. And I'm going to be honest, when I first started doing interviews in the year 1999, I'm going to be totally honest here. I don't know if I've said this on the radio before. I think maybe I have said it before. I would have been pretty pleased with myself when I had an interviewee or or a guest and if they were well-known. And I thought, isn't it great you're appearing with these well-known people? And I got a slap from a couple of great, great radio presenters. And they said, Richie, the, the people listening to these programmes, uh, they're, they're only interested in the guests and what the guests have to say. Don't ever use the guest as a prop to try and make yourself look good. Because the, the audience will see through it. They, they'll, they, they'll abandon you, you know, you, you know they, they, they'll, they'll, they'll go somewhere else, they won't listen, they won't pay any attention. And it was a lesson I learned pretty quickly. Uh, leave the ego at the door. People know what I think because I get to gob off for a few minutes at the beginning of every programme. But when 
you're right, we're blessed with people who come on this programme and the listeners are only interested in what they have to say. And, uh, you know, I see in the independent, I have to be honest, in the independent media, I do see more and more, particularly on, on, on Gareth's uh, and, and Jamie's platform, I see people who seem to have learned that lesson, get out of the way of the information, let the, 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 the speaker say his or her piece, their, their truth, interject with a good question and then shut up and get out of the way. But look, I had to learn that, you know. We all have to learn that on our, on our journey. And uh, it's nice of you to, to, to observe it. Well, I'm here to listen. That's about the size of it. Yeah, you're brilliant at it. You're one of the best uh, interviewers that I have ever listened to and I have listened to a lot in my time. I don't know if I ever told you, I was in uh, a place... Um, Chang, Chang Rai, Chang Rai, not Chang Mai, Chang Rai. And that's in um, uh, 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 Indonesia, right? Was it Indo- uh, Thailand, right? So I'm in Thailand and uh, uh, we get on this four-wheel drive and we drive for about 30 minutes into the deep into the jungle. We get into the jungle and it's still daylight. There's two beautiful elephants just eating away, not being ridden, but they're there to be looked after. There's there's llamas, there's lots of different animals, and there's these beautiful huts. So we go into this hut. There's uh, beautiful um, uh, fireflies all over the place. And I switched the Richie Allen radio show. <laughs> Did you? I swear to God. <laughs> so that just blows my mind. But, you know, Gene Ann often says, our mutual uh, great friend, the... The technology, for all that we, we are rightly concerned about where it's going, mm-hmm. it has, on on one level anyway, it's enabled us to do stuff like this. Years ago, I, I would have had to, you know, go begging to the listeners to pay the phone bill every month because it would have cost a fortune to spend 45 minutes on the phone with Mark in Spain or or Marianne, my first guest, and she was in, uh, in, in New York uh, today. But these days we can do it over the internet and very little interference, at least for the moment anyway. So it does blow my mind. You know when we do the phone-ins and we don't know who's coming on, as you know. Next thing's up, Richie, I'm in South Africa and it's crystal clear. And you're, you're like, you're not really, you must be across the street. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's just been... Oh God, your, your guests, like I, I listen to your, your phone-in and I'm like, shit, these, these people know more than me. It's like it just blows me away at their their deep dives and what they've learned and understood. And I'm thinking these 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 are real um, uh, people who have amazing messages. Yeah. They're, they're equal to any single uh, in, interview person that you have yeah. on, no matter who they are. They're, they're, we're all the same. It doesn't matter who it is. We all have a voice. Even the smallest of bird has the, a voice as a voice to sing and and and, and you, your show brings that out and it shows that humanity is equal by all ways by what you do you give a platform to people that may not have that through the dark msm and and you you, you bring a light to people and 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 it changes their their perception about humanity that we are all we are all gifted and we all hold something that that helps the community in so many ways and I love it when you have these phone-ins because I'm excited to who's going to come never know on. what you're going to get do you and, yeah. and and the people are humble and I'm not being in any way modest it's lovely what you said but but I'm but I'm going to say this anyway not being modest it's um it's also a bit of a tragedy that it's the only daily live radio show and that kind of 
bothers me to this day because I hoped over the years that, right, so you've got this between five and seven. I kind of hoped that others would, you know, pick up the kind of baton and would say, well, I'll do a daily radio show. I'll do it between seven and nine or I'll do it between three and five. And there would be more. So, so I, one of the, I suppose the charms, one of, one of the things that's attractive about this radio show for people is, is that it's kindly the only one of its type. Now, if I was, if I had a ma- massive, we all have some ego. If I had a massive big ego, I'd be delighted about that. Yeah, this is my space and all of that nonsense. But I don't. I just wish there was more. And I would, you know, I would play them. I would run them live after my own show. And, uh, and, and and promote them. But for the moment, really, it's only this one on a daily basis. Like, it's a lady said to me recently, she said, Richard, every day I know I've got this at five o'clock to look forward to. And she did say to me afterwards, it's a shame there's not another one then a bit later on or, or in the morning. But maybe, maybe that'll change as, uh, as time goes on. But, but, but you're very kind to, to, well, to what, say that. What you're, what you're doing is exactly what I'm doing, Richard. What you're doing is giving people a voice. What I'm doing is telling people that they've got a voice. Absolutely. And to use it. Mm-hmm. And to use I, it. And say, I, say what it is you've experienced. And that's what you've been doing for years every time you've come on this programme. Saying to people, you, you've got it all. You've got it all within you. Just let it out. That's it. That's the answer, though, Richard. This is the answer. The only answer I ever get whenever I meditate, whenever I speak to, well, I believe spirit. They always say that the the the, the way that this world will ever change is if humanity understands what you understand. And I'm not saying that out of ego. I'm saying it out of the truth. And that is that you are the most powerful soul in this universe. You equal to any other spirit inside this this like the, what is it a spacesuit that lasts for how long and we've got to look after it we've got to look after it we've got to treat this spacesuit right if you've got if if your work is is a taxi driver what are you going to do you're going to look after the car you're going to polish it you're going to maintain it you're going to keep it clean because that is your path that's your life that that brings you you know um your food it brings everything into your life so your body is is everything you should invest in your body everything that you put inside your mouth you should say no you should question and say what is that you're giving me a yeah. putting inside my mouth or what is that you're putting inside my body what what is that and 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 uh, let me think about it okay i don't think that's going to work for me i don't think that feels right now i'm going to start looking and becoming my own uh, health expert i'm going to start to uh, not listen to um, MSM and start listening to real healthy and happiness and joy and I'm going to go into Mother Earth and get my own healing herbs and 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 sage and I'm going to cleanse myself and heal myself and before you know it you you get yourself out of the hypnosis that hypnotic state that the MSM and everybody around you is trying to pull you into and that then you become enlightened and once you do well it might seem lonely it might seem uh, difficult but I tell you what, I wouldn't change it for the world. We've got three minutes left. I, I want to say this because uh, I don't say it often enough. When when this began back in 2014, it uh, it was difficult. It had a lot of love and support by by David and, and his family, Gareth, and, 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 and one or two others. But in terms of keeping it on the road when it wasn't that well known, it wouldn't have survived this programme without a tiny handful of people. I could name them, but I won't. But one of them is, is Mark Boyersky, who never takes a penny, has never asked for a penny, 
and selflessly over the years um, sold crystals, uh, sold books, uh, did raffles, made videos to encourage people not just to support this programme, but yes, this programme specifically, but also others. And we, we should never forget that. I'll never forget it anyway. And it's a chance to thank you publicly. Sounding like a mutual appreciation society tonight, which which is which is never which is never good, but but it's true. It's the truth. And for doing that over the years, um, well, look, it's it's a wonderful thing, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. Well, Richard, uh, on behalf of myself and all my friends that I know who absolutely rely on the source of true information, I couldn't actually think of anything else better to do than to uh, raise and to create money that helps this show going because I couldn't imagine the show not being on because it's the only real source of information. So if that dies, then in my world, everything else becomes more challenging. When this show is on, I direct people to the show so that they can get great information from wonderful people who are, uh, have got the boots on the ground, who experience pain and suffering, who share that and their experience of knowledge. That is really important. That's why I always support people that I know are doing the work that keeps this energy high and, and keeps people in this world to continue doing their work instead of, you know, leaving this world too early. So, yeah, I, I just, if you don't mind me saying, Richard, I, um, I, I did something today and that was um, I've got a talisman and it's, it's, it's a talisman and anybody who's spiritual will understand this, meaning that as anybody who's walked a spiritual path, an understanding of crystals, most people think it's crazy. But let me say that there is a very powerful uh, talisman, and it's a crystal. It's the only one in the world that is now probably the most um, rare crystal in the world. It's It's gone up in value tremendously because it's so sought after. Now, in my world, this talisman is one of the connectors to a higher consciousness. So some people might use ayahuasca, other people might meditate. I use, and I have used this for 20 years, and it's called Moldavite. <clears throat> and this Moldavite I have, I went to the Czech Republic and I bought a personal uh, collection of them because I saved my money. And I've got one of them here. And this one is absolutely divine. So what I decided to do, uh, and I've, I've done this many times, but this is a special one, okay? And this crystal is going to be, uh, basically, it's going to be uh, donated in the sense of, if anybody goes to markbyersky.com and buys a book, which is an e-book, if it's a fiver, that's going to convert into a little ticket. That ticket is going to go into a, a bowl, and next week I'm going to pull that ticket out, and somebody is going to win this 2000 euro Moldavite, which is extremely rare. And every single penny goes to our, our show. That's <laughs> the fantastic, Rich Dallas Radio Show. It's really kind of you. And there's a link to Mark's website on my, you don't need to go to my website to get to Mark. Go to markboyerski.com, but you can link to it uh, through the homepage of the Richie Allen Show. It means the world to me and to everybody else listening because, uh, yeah, programs like this, there is no advertising, there is no income stream except listener support and the support of, of people like yourself. Thanks for an amazing chat today, my friend. Um, good luck with the farming and the detoxing. Yes. And uh, I can't wait for next time. 
Thanks, Richard. It's always a pleasure. And just just want to say this to all your listeners out there. Thank you so much for supporting the Richie Allen Radio Show, and thank you for always being there for him. It's uh, it, it, without you guys, the show will would be nothing. So, uh, love to you all. Keep shining bright, and remember, no one has the power over you. The amazing Mark Boyerski. What a great place to leave it. Thanks to Mark, markboyerski.com. And thanks again to Mariam Henane, my guest in the first hour. I've heard people say 